sexually about all these athletes actually Apparently it's not one part of the strategy gone Development It's all we envelop in telephone A wealth of intelligence Unless you're selfishly embellishing all of the championships Basking it in, let's study in the conferences Pac-12 and Big, 12 and the 10 SEC, ACC, win, 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 win It just kind of fades from there, that's good Yeah, they said like a minute, so Wait, there's more? Don't forget about the Mountain West The Mac that can flex, somebody is next Ivy League fresh, literally dope Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of players to test I'm serious, they will talk about the most obscure players on this planet. Potentially another planet. Like, dude's got a 4-3-40 from Mars. Like, I don't know. I, it's too much. I'm done. I'm gone this time. Like, don't bring it back in. Enjoy your podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. This is Debbie Manuel, episode 3.14 of the podcast, which talks about college players, the Debbie landscape, plus how to use the Debbie team you build to translate to a successful NFL fantasy football team. Once again, I love the length of that long-ass intro. Anyways, um, but I can't come up with anything smarter because I'm not a very smart person. So I'm happy, really happy tonight to bring back, bring back one of my very special friends in the industry and also another guy who I... I don't think I've ever had a chance to talk to, but I'm happy to have him on as well. Uh, first up, we'll introduce Andrew, Andrew Harbaugh. Most of you guys know him. I've talked to with him a thousand times, but he's with the Fantasy Authority now. So, Andrew, how's it going, bud? It's, it's good to be back on the Daily Manual. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has been, man. I don't know. It's been a strange journey for the manual. So, like, it, it, yeah. I, I've, recently, I've recently rebranded as the manual. I've gotten rid of the word owner just because... I know there were some people in the, in the fantasy thing that had started talking about that. So I'm the manual now, but we'll, we'll see. All right. And then um, also uh, another person that I, like I said, I've talked, I haven't talked to him before, but Matt Jackson, uh, who took over the Debbie Happy Hour, and I couldn't be happier than the work that you guys do. You guys, are, you and Skip and Shaq have done an amazing job with it. So very, very, very fun to listen to. So Matt, how you doing tonight, man? Appreciate that, man. Doing good. Happy to be on. Thanks for having me. All right. We're going to do, everybody knows my love and disdain for the mock drafts, but I wanted to give you guys a 2021 mock draft. We're going to do this super flex style. We're going to dive right into this because I want to go a full two rounds and maybe even a third lightning round. I want to give you guys a lot of names to chew on. This season has obviously had some names are just shooting up the board, you know, names that at the beginning of the season weren't really too much. So Give you guys an idea of kind of where the landscape is right now, how we see guys that we like and guys that are starting to kind of jump up the board. So I'm going to randomize this. I got the 100-yard rush up here. I got each of you have two little runner dudes running to see who gets the first pick, all right? I don't know who gets, who's going to be the first to pick Trevor Lawrence, right? So Andrew jumps out to the lead. Run, Andrew, run. You think you can, you, man, Andrew, do you think you can take Matt in a foot race? Come on. No, absolutely not. If you if you knew the size of my hoodie I have on, that's all you need to know. About you know, Dwight, I used to run a four eight. I used to run a four eight in high school. I don't know if I can do that now, but I might be able to take Andrew because of that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dwight, for that murder. <laughs> you know I love you, man. All right, I couldn't probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the greatest either, so it would be really slow. But I actually won. Um, I got the first pick, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. The first pick, if you have a super flex draft, is obviously Trevor Lawrence. That's it's not pretty much the chalkiest of chalk picks, but 
Trevor Lawrence, I think people are starting to say Justin Fields has done enough this year to put himself in that discussion, and he has. I mean, he's had a hell of a season, too, but just for me, Lawrence is a much, much more polished pro- prospect, and it's a no-brainer, even if he goes to the Jets. So, uh, Trevor Lawrence, 101. Andrew, so you have the second pick, unless you guys want to add anything on Trevor Lawrence. I mean... There's nothing else to be said at this point on Trevor Lawrence. All right, Andrew, you got number two, bud. I, I think, again, just as easy as number one is, I think number two is just as easy. Justin Fields, you look at mock drafts and you can see him going two to Jacksonville. You've got whoever's going to be at four or five. You've got the foot race. Dallas may trade out with somebody you don't know, but odds are he'll go number two where Jacksonville's at right now. And I think him and Jacksonville will be a lot of fun. And they have another first-round pick uh, later in the NFL draft to add another fun play caller. So Fields is definitely the go-to, I think, there, number two. All right, Matt, you get the fun one, man. Which direction you want to go now, man? So so at this pick, I've got to go Najee Harris, running back from Alabama. For me, there's a clear tier break between those top two running backs and everybody else in the running back field in this year's draft class. So for, for me, Najee Harris is the most complete back in this draft class. I can see how a lot of guys want to go the speed with Travis Etienne, but I, I, I like the pass catching, the complete running back that you're getting with Najee Harris. And if you don't get one of these two guys, you're getting a, a massive drop-off in talent level. So I, I'm taking Najee Harris here. Just to echo what Matt said real quick, I, I, I don't think – I have no problem with Najee here, but I, if he were to take Etienne here, I also wouldn't be as upset. But it's – like you said, after those two, it's really just a buck shot as far as – Who's going to hit and who's not? Right. Yeah, I think these these next two picks, and I'll, I'll take Etn here, and he is he's my he would I would take him over Harris because of the speed, the game breaking ability. But I think Najee's probably a little safer. Um, both of these guys will probably, I think, landing spot could be like a decider in these two. There's you know things they do, what they bring to the the table is just both of them are great. So I think Lawrence Fields, Harris, Etn at this point are probably the top four for. Just about everybody, I would think. Like, and then now it gets fun. Now we now we can hopefully go lots of different directions here. Watch Andrew take Kyle Trask. Come on, do it. No, I, I I'm a Florida Gator fan. It's I don't shy away from it, but I'm not going to skip over my number one player overall in this class in Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase to me is just a step above. He's the way I was with Jerry Judy last year. I was in love. Like, Jerry Judy doesn't exist to me now because I have Jamar Chase in my life. So I absolutely love what Jamar Chase can do. I think if he could get, like I talked about earlier with the Jacksonville Jaguars having that uh, second first round pick, could you imagine if they went receiver to pair him up with Chark and then you've got Justin Fields there? I mean, it's just possibilities are endless. But obviously, landing spot's always big for a receiver. Um, you see Jerry Judy taking advantage of Corbin Sutton right now. Not being in, I think Jamar Chase, just like I thought Judy could be, or a C.D. Lamb, go and produce, be a 1,000-yard receiver year one. Very cool. Man, that would be sexy. Matt, who you got at six, man? So I'm not going to shy away from what Andrew clearly shied away from <laughs> from doing just a second ago. I'm going to take Kyle Trask, Florida, the Florida quarterback. He's, he's easily my quarterback three in this draft class. If you look at his stat lines and his game performances this season, it mirrors Joe Burrow's stat line from last year. It's better. Fairly, close, fairly closely, yeah, better, better, Andrew said. So, I mean, he, he's got the talent. He, he makes smart decisions with the football. He, he's accurate. He can make all the NFL throws that you want to make. His, his deep ball and his arm strength isn't 
as impressive, but I mean, neither was Joe Burrows when he came out of college either, and he's doing just fine in the NFL. So it, it's Kyle Trask for me. He, a lot of people would say Trey Lance. I, I prefer Kyle Trask, and he's easily my quarterback three. So I'm taking him here in a super flex. You guys suck. <laughs> you guys suck. I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. All right, I'll take my num- my wide receiver two in this class. I'll take Devonta Smith from Alabama here, number seven. I think. I just love his complete overall game. I think he can do damage from all areas of the field, every slot, outside. I think he's just got that alpha receiver. Just He's not the typical, prototypical, you know, ex-dominant wide receiver, but I think he's going to be. The fact that he has been the best receiver at Alabama the last couple of years, sorry, I think he was better than Judy. Everything about the kid, the more I watch him, I know, this, I know he's slight. Everybody will say the slight thin frame, but I just – I love what he does. I think he puts it all together. He's got every, the athleticism, the route running, the speed, the hands. The yeah, I mean, he's just he just does it all. So he's my number two, and yeah, I'll take him there. I know I'm crazy. So I'm, I'm going to defend you there, Dwight. I, I like Devonte Smith. If you watch Alabama's games last year, I mean, there there were times, a lot of times, where he was clearly the best wide receiver on the field. So I love. I love that pick. Um, I'm not worried about his frame at all. He's clearly an explosive athlete, so his frame doesn't scare me in the slightest. Right. He's not that. He doesn't have, like, the sexy speed of Waddle, the sexy route running of Judy, but he just does everything well. You know, that's what I like about him a lot. So I think he kind of puts it all together and just a really damn good package. Well, that didn't sound good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Dwight likes this package. (laughs) All right, Andrew. Whose package do you like? <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the package. That's what I know for sure at this point. All right, you're um, next, bud. I, so you took, you said the best receiver at Alabama the last couple of years, right? Devontae Smith. I will, I'm tempted to get with one of the quarterbacks here because um, there's two left that I think are really worth, well, maybe even three. Well, no, two that are worth taking right now, but. Um, I'm going to go with the speedster at the game breaker who's going to fall in drafts, but I don't think he should just because of the ankle injury. We see the player bounce back from it. Give me Jalen Waddle because he's one of those guys where all he has to do is touch the football and he can take it to the house. 80 yards, 70 yards, 95 yards. Maybe he could pull a rim go and go 98 yards um, his rookie year. Uh, give me Jalen Waddle here at this point. He's one of those guys, again, like I said, you want to look for somebody that – at this point, we don't know landing spots. One of the landing spot-proof guys, I think, just because of his playmaking ability, is Jalen Waddle. So that's what I'm going to take here. So if this happened to me in my real rookie draft this year, I'm doing laps around my neighborhood butt naked out of sheer excitement. <laughs> so um, I'm taking my wide receiver one in this entire class in Minnesota's Rashad Bateman. When, when you watch his game film, it's, it's incredibly hard to find flaws in his game. He's a great route runner. His hands are elite. A lot of people talk about he might have hurt his draft stock coming back to college because he's not having as great a season. But, I mean, he's still having a fantastic season. Quarterback play is down in that offense. So he's getting overlooked a lot. I mean, I love Rashad Bateman and happy to get him here. Yeah, I think if he fell to nine, I think just about everybody would be tickled to have him here. So, all right, I'll start. I'll pick 10. I'll take my my quarterback three, Zach Wilson. The actual quarterback three. Nothing, Matt? You got nothing? Okay. See, I'm going to let you live in your delusions, man. <laughs> no. See, I, I was on him before this. I, I liked what I saw last year, but I wanted to see the consistency, and I like that he's actually put it together this year. 
Um, like the mobility, the, the way he throws on the run, his leadership. Uh, just I think the kid's got something special. You know, there's just things that you can't. He does things that you can't teach, and does things with the ball that just. You know, I'm not worried about the level of competition as much. I mean, he's just he's just a baller. He's just one of those guys that just has, you know, just has it. And I just I love the swagger. I think I would imagine he'd come out. I, I, I can't imagine him not staying not st- or staying another year. But so I'll take Zach Wilson here at ten. So. I love that pick. It, up until a few weeks ago, I'm not sure if it was two or three weeks ago, but he was the most accurate quarterback in all of SBS. You know, if you look right. for a trait in your quarterbacks, you look for accuracy first, and he's got that. He's got moxie. He's got grit, too. He played all last year through an injury, which which is some of the reason for this big stat explosion this year. So great pick there. Right. And with that accuracy, too, like a lot of times you'll have system guys where, like I've been doing a lot of passing charts, and that's really put everything in perspective in terms of accuracy. And when I mapped out Wilson's game against Boise State, it, it's not all line of scrimmage under 10 yards. It's – you got dots up here. You've got dots 20 plus yards. You've got dots 30 plus yards. Like he's taking these big shots and he's making it work. It's absolutely incredible what he's doing. There was one, there was one throw a few games ago. I can't remember who he was playing, but he, he slid up in the pocket to avoid pressure, throws the ball off of one leg. I mean, throws a laser mm-hmm. knock. Yeah, I mean, his receiver dropped it, but it was a beautiful deep ball. I figure we might as well get North Dakota's having a rough go of it with COVID right now. We might as well throw him a bone here and take Trey Lance off the board for him as well. I, I am not a Trey Lance believer. It's not a competition thing because I think if you make that argument for him, you have to make it for Zach Wilson. And I don't make it for Zach Wilson, so I'm not making it for Lance. I think with Lance is when I watch him, it just, he reminds me so much of the classic better college quarterback than he would be a pro quarterback. Yes, we have one year and one game that he should not have played to look at as far as tape. The arm talent's there. It's explosive, but it's just like an untamed stallion that you just found in the woods and you threw a saddle on, and that's what an NFL team in a front office is going to do. And by doing that, like my whole thought process is Trey Lance is the classic quarterback that gets a coach and a front office fired. Because he's not going to develop in time. And by the time he's developed, so to speak, he gets the Jameis Winston backup role somewhere else or he gets the Marcus Mariota backup role somewhere else by the time they finally turn into a quarterback. So Trey Lance, being a first-round pick, I would not take him in the first half. The second half is where I would target him because you're going to have to sit on him. And if you're winning, you have that back end of the first-round picks, and that's where you can afford to do it with Lance. Oh, well, I completely agree with that. I mean – he, he's going to get the draft capital in the NFL. Some team's going to take him oh, in the yeah. first round. So, I mean, you know he's getting that draft capital. The thing with him is he's one of those guys that you need to sit on the bench for a year. You can't start immediately. And I feel like some team's going to want to do that. And, I mean, when you look at his one game this year, when, you, when I talked about the accuracy that Zach Wilson showed, you know, Trey Lance was the, the mirror opposite of that. I mean, he was inaccurate. He was overthrowing guys in the end zone. And that, yep. that frightens me a little bit. I mean, arm talent, talent's there, but the accuracy was an issue. And he's got to get to a team also that will appreciate, will let, will let him run and can maximize what he can do. You know, like Baltimore did for, you know, <laughs> you know maybe not as much this year, but yeah. I, I think that, that'll get righted. But Matt, you get around us, round us off at the end of the first round here. There's so many good players on the board. Holy hell. So I'm, yeah. staring, I'm staring at about three guys I want to go here right now. But but I think for me, I've got to just, – just for the sake, I can't let this guy slip past the first round. I'm going Kyle Pitts tied in for Florida. I almost went with Pitts, I will be honest. 
You look, you, look at, you look at the season he's having. I mean, he's having a bona fide dark horse Heisman season with the amount of just, I mean, catching the ball at double coverage for touchdowns. I mean, he's averaging close to two touchdowns a game. I mean, he's absolutely exploding with that Kyle Trask connection. And there's no way that he doesn't get top half NFL draft, you know, caliber pedigree and I just I, I think that's invaluable he's going to immediately step into the league as a top five tight end and I, I love that in the back of the first round and I talked right. about obviously I've done it for three picks now and Dwight's going to laugh at me but I'm, I keep mentioning that Jaguar is having that second first round pick and in every mock I've done this year so far I give them Kyle Pitts with that second pick they have needed a <laughs> tight end for years Sean O'Shaughnessy is not the answer guy from my hometown Ben Koyak is not the answer uh, whoever they have there now is not the answer. Uh, Josh Oliver is not the answer. Throw Kyle Pitts in there. I know Jacksonville doesn't have a lot of success with Florida players outside of CJ Henderson this year, but give Justin Fields, Kyle Pitts, and just the sky's the effing one of the fuck point. See, I censor myself, Dwight. Yeah, that's where I was going to go next. So, <laughs> All right, quick recap of the first round. Lawrence, Fields, Najee, ETN, Chase, Trask. Devontae Smith, Waddle, Bateman, Wilson, Lance, and Pitts. So I like that. Very, very cool. Like, it's kind of... The only surprise is two running backs, but this running back class is not... I think you will be able... This will probably be a very quarterback... Like, these five quarterbacks, I think, will all probably go in the first round of the NFL draft. That's kind of where, you know, it seems like it's trending. So, and they would also be, you know, super flex. They should also go in the first round. So, I like it, guys. All right, I'll lead off the second round here. Um, a lot of directions I want to go here. I'll go Kenneth Gainwell here. Um, he's my RB3 at this point. Um, even though we haven't seen him this year, I still remember, you know, he's still got the elite speed, the elusiveness. He, I like his visions, his patience. I think he sets up blocks well. I really wish we could have saw him this year. Um, I kind of wonder if he's going to slip a little bit in the draft because of that. But I feel like he'll go to the the pre-draft process and he should kill it. I mean, the athletics, the athletic abilities there. I worry a little bit about us a little bit being a little bit smaller and that system that Memphis runs tends to accentuate space and things like that. So I want to, you know, his, yeah. So I, I, I worry a little bit about that, but I've seen enough from him to really like him. I think at the top of the second round here that. Yeah. Gino's not bad. He's just one of those guys where he's going to have to kind of get his name back into the mix of things with the process, obviously not playing all year. All right, I'm up. I'm up next here, Dwight. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with somebody. Actually, I wrote about the other day in an article uh, for the Fantasy Authority. I'll be coming out here soon. I'm going to take my. Yeah, I don't even know if he's going to go out because he's only going to have one year of real, like, full blown production. Give me a mirror white out of Georgia. Um, he kicked off the Florida game this year with that big long run. I love what I'm seeing from him. He's not necessarily at the Andre Swift type of Georgia running back, but he reminds me more of like the, what Nick Chubb was to the Sonny Michelle types. I'm not saying he will be Nick Chubb. I'm just saying the role he's playing in Georgia. I like Zamir White a lot when I watch him. He's explosive. He has good vision. Um, get that pass catching going. Um, obviously can develop at the pro level. We've seen guys like Melvin Gordon and Jonathan Taylor. That's the only thing he seems to be doing well with this year. But <laughs> give me Zamir White here at this point. I'll be honest, man. Zamir White, Zamir White's one of those guys that I've had trouble ranking these last few months. I mean, the explosiveness is there. He, he he's obviously going to run through tackles. He's a strong, powerful runner. But then the flip side of that is, I mean, he does come with injury concerns. So where where do you put where do you put into all that? You know, 
Yeah, right. And that, and at the same time, though, like every Georgia back, I feel like <laughs> has had injury concerns. Gurley, Michelle, Chubb, DeAndre Swift. I didn't, but other than that, I mean, it's it's normal for them. So, um, and then you have Elijah Holyfield, who's still running his forty time somewhere. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was last spot in Philly, I think. Hey <laughs> <laughs> right, man, who you got, man? So, so for me here, I'm going to take a guy, LSU's Terrace Marshall. He's a guy that that clearly flashed on the field last year. You had Jamar Chase, you had Justin Jefferson, and this guy was still flashing on the field, getting his snaps and, and being productive with it. And this year, he's taken over the lead receiver responsibilities on that team and is thriving in that role. Love love his game. He, he's got the deep speed that you like. He can catch the ball well. I mean, he, he's a guy that's rising up my boards pr- pretty quickly, and I, I think it's going to be a, a day-two guy and somebody that could, could, could come onto a role and be, be a nice wide receiver, too, for a team. Oh, yeah. I, I don't feel like he gets anywhere near enough credit, like like what he does, you know. I, I like he just he gets he remind his game reminds me so much of like Antonio Brown. He he has like this sneaky way he always gets by defensive backs and he's always open. He's so freaking smooth. I just don't think he gets anywhere near enough credit because LSU's been a little bit of a train wreck this year. And then last year he was obviously buried in a system behind you know everybody and their mother. And but he still had thirteen touchdowns. So yeah, so that's a that's a really good pick here at two hundred three. That's kind of where I was leaning two hundred one. I couldn't decide which one I wanted to go. So what were you gonna say, Andrew? Oh no, I was just gonna echo literally everything Matt just said. I have coming out an article with uh, on Terrence Marshall. The only thing I have that Matt didn't was Matt said he'll be a day two pick. I really think Marshall played himself into the end of the first round. Think about him in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Like, we keep hearing how we have been giving him help in the first round. Give him Terrace Marshall opposite Devontae Adams, and oof. If he went into round one, too, that'd be, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's great. I got, like, uh, once again, like, lots of directions I want to go here. I think I'm going to go with Pat Fryermuth from Penn State here. I go back and forth between Jordan and him as my, my tight end, too, in this class. I just think Fryer is going to be a guy that never leaves the field. You know, he, he does well blocking, but he's just an absolute monster in the red zone. And he just, he's been the top receiver at Penn State for as long as he's been there. And I think he just, he's a guy that will probably sneak by a lot of people, but he's just a, going to be a top tight end, a tight end, you know, top six or seven for the next, you know, umpteen years. I just, I really love watching him. His hands, the way he's, Sets himself up across the field. I just he's he's always he's always open. It feels like, and I think what he does is going to be it's just going to be a terror to, to guard in the NFL. And he'll he's just a guy that, like I said, I go between him and Jordan, but I think I'll take Fryermuth here at two hundred four. That Penn State team is so terrible this year, but I'm glad they finally start getting Fryermuth <laughs> involved in the game, man. Because uh, that's the that's the lone bright spot of that team this year. I'm really surprised he's staying. I'm surprised he hasn't opted out like, like uh, Javion Hawkins did. <laughs> like, okay, we suck. I'm out. Like, I'm just going to go train for the draft. So, <laughs> so I think that could be coming soon. On that note with Javion Hawkins, I absolutely love that this year we're kind of getting people dropping in the middle of the season where it's like, okay, what am I playing for? Because they're not getting paid anything. I would, I, I would exactly. love to see this every single year. I, I know not a lot of people would, but it, I, I absolutely love it. It's like, I, what are we playing for at this point? 
I also think COVID's playing into it too, because I'm sure college kids aren't going to want to keep doing all the protocol stuff. And I'm going to go with take Rondale more before someone burns down your house, like for not having him in those mock at this point. I, again, I'm stuck with the guys I don't like. I didn't like Trey Lance. I'm not a Rondale Moore fan. Uh, when you pair his size up with already having injuries in college, like soft tissue issues, the knee injury last year, it's stuff that follows you your whole career. If you're if you're hurt in college, you're most likely going to be hurt in the pros. And it, even if he's not missing games per se, just being listed on the injury report is just troublesome because when you're making your lineups, you don't know, okay, am I going to put Rondale Moore in or am I going to be forced to go with the lizard man and Sammy Watkins who's going to live or die here? And so on and so forth. There's different matchups you can make. Rondale Moore, I don't think falls out of the second round in most drafts or box. And I'm sure there's going to be some who's in love with him that takes him in the front end of the fir- or the back end of the first. But yeah, like I said, just for Dave's sake, I will take Rondale Moore here. Well, you, you make an interesting right, right. point here because if it's week one, you start Sammy Watkins. If it's any other week other than week exactly, one, you don't start. exactly. <laughs> and odds are that Rondell Moore would have got a lot of reps in that last preseason game, so he would be sore and probably on the, the injury report. So, again, it all makes sense. <laughs> it sucks because the talent is it's freaking it's there, you know. And yeah, oh, I'd yeah. love to see him put it all together, but yeah, he's it's just scary. All right, who you got, Matt? Two of six. So, so two or six here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start a so start some fireworks. I'm guessing on your pod. I'm gonna try, try and be, bring some heat to your pod a little bit. And I'm gonna take UNC's Javante Williams. He, he is he is my running back three in this class. I think it's a jumble mess after you get past those first two. We've already talked about it. And when you look at Javante Williams, he leads, he he leads college football, I believe, in broken tackles and yards after contact and. We talked about it on our the, the Debbie Happy Hour. You know that's a trait that transla- translates really well to the NFL. And I, I think when you look at Javante Williams, he's he's a guy that can immediately come in. And I mean, you know, he's going to get the early down work. I think he's a three down back. So I, I love to be able to get him that late into the second round. I think you can now, but I think when it comes time, it's not going to happen. I think he's going to be going in the first round of rookie draft. So. Yeah, I just love what he does. I'd like to see him take a little bit more of a workload, but I don't think they ever will. You know, and he just, I mean, every time he touches the ball, it's crazy. Like, he's just, he's been super, super, super impressive this year. Andy, what do you think about Williams? So, I, I today I was working on my rankings a little bit and kind of organizing who I need to watch and whatnot. And I realized I have not studied one of his games yet. So, I don't really have an opinion on him yet, but everything I've seen highlights and bits and pieces I've seen of the UNC games, I absolutely love. I really like Michael Carter, his teammate, uh, who just got a Senior Bowl invite today. But Williams, I, I have no doubt, is just as talented. It's This UNC offense is a lot of fun, for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm emailing you a cut-up of him. Hold on just a second. <laughs> it's going to be your homework. It's going to be your homework for tonight. No. <laughs> Williams, is a, he's, a, he's a bat. Oh, he's so much fun to watch, man. All right, let's see here. Where we go? All right, I am at 207, and I'm going to go with a wide receiver that's been just impressed the hell out of me this year. It's Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Um, I like every, like he has I, been just – I love this. I love – Yeah, he has been just – I mean, I don't know how the guy is going under the radar. I mean, he's got – I think he le- he's pretty much a shoe-in for the – what is it, the Belitnikoff Award? I mean, the kid's just putting – I don't have his stats in front of me, but what I, what I see when I watch him is he, he creates separation. He's so elusive. Footwork, he runs after the catch great. 
he just makes everybody miss. You'd like to see him add a little bit more weight and strength. So he's probably going to be pigeonholed as a slot guy, which is not exactly a death sentence, especially with this, with his talent. So I, I'm just in love with watching him play. I mean, he would, he had 270 yards last week, all purpose yards, you know, between 45 rushing and 225 catching. I mean, he's just been a guy that I think I had at like wide receiver 16 or 17 going into the season. And he's up to seven. Like, I just, just love watching Elijah Moore. So, here you, I'll go, Dwight, I, here you go, Dwight. I got you five games. In, after five games, the stat line said it's 74 receptions for 1,054 yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah. I just so don't realize his Monster. Monster. Yeah, he has been just so much fun to watch this year. So, all right, Andrew, what do you got, man? 208. I'm going to take Percy Harvin 2.0. Kadarius Tony. I, I love that pick. <laughs> love it. I love, and I, I didn't take Trask. I wasn't a homer. But I absolutely love what Tony brings to the offense. Uh, Matt Miller today, I'm freaking out about it. He said, give me Kadarius Tony over Rondale Moore. I obviously just flipped that, and if I could go back in time, I would flip that. <laughs> um, so I could have Tony my last pick and more now, but Literally, it's one of those things where it's so tough because I've watched Florida my whole life, and Percy Harvin was such a special player. He made um, gadget plays. You had him in jet sweeps. You had him doing wildcat stuff when that was still a thing. And Tony, every time you touch the ball for his size, what amazes me is the contact balance and the physicality he displays whenever he's running and whenever he doesn't shy away from contact. But at the same time, you give him just enough space, and he takes it to the house, no problem. It, it's a true athletic receiver that you absolutely love to see whenever he can get the ball in his hands. And there's so many different offenses in the NFL that need a guy like him. And I think he is going to be one of those guys where, regardless of landing spot, can be someone you take advantage of. All right, Matt, you're back up again, man. You're up at 209. So I'm just going to, I'm going to, on the front side of this, I'm going to go ahead and caution y'all with I hate this pick, but I got to do it. Um, <laughs> 209, I'm going to go Oklahoma State's Chuba Hubbard. When you look at Hubbard, he's, he's, he's clearly explosive, or at least he was last year. He's, he, last year he had the home run threat ability. I don't know where that went this year. I'm hoping it's just a, it's, it's a season thing. Um, I believe that there, there are some problems with his ability to create on his own and his vision this year. But still, at this point in the draft, I mean, he's a steal if we get this late into the second round. I feel like at this point, you've got to take him on a sheer upside of being able to be that home run hitter alone. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a guy that I, I wouldn't touch until later in the second round. I just I'm so nervous about it. Like, I just I, don't see it. You know? I, I think, and, and I'm not trying to think it's controversial on your pod, Dwight. They're not using him as much this year. And like six like I've had to pull it up. In six games, he has 125 rushing attempts. And last year in 13 games he had 328. And then his freshman year in 13 games he had 125. He had issues with Gundy when he spoke out in the offseason with the t shirt he would wear and so on. I would like to think Gundy's a football coach and wants to win. But this offense, even when Spencer Sanders is out, is still trying to pass the ball with these quarterbacks that just have ducks for arms. And you had Chuba Hubbard the whole time. Yeah, the vision's kind of a little bit wonky, and like his yards per attempt is down from 6.4 to 4.6. But 
when that was your only offense for so long, like you're going to stack the box. But still, it, it just seems like he's not being used the same as he normally is. And I'm not trying to read between the lines. I'm just thinking it's something that's worth thinking about. Um, but if Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard could be one of those guys where he falls to the like, right year and he wouldn't do your league. If he gets in the right spot and he kind of just turns the, everything back on. So, But he's going to be one of those guys, like you said, Matt, I hate making this pick, but it's one of those things where at this point you just have to. All right, because we're super flex at 210, I'll take a chance on Mac Jones at this point. Um, I'm not exactly 100% sold on him. Like I see, you see a lot of what, I mean, he's completing almost 80% of passes, 2,200 yards, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. He looks phenomenal. Like everything you see, you know, if you look at the stats and you look at that, but I I just have my my little reservations about him. You know, he's, he's very statuesque. He doesn't move a lot in the pocket. He hasn't been put under a lot of pressure. So that type of pocket passer is not, you know, what the NFL tends to trend toward these days, it seems. But he does have pretty good poise, his leadership. He throws a pretty good ball. Like, I just, I just don't see the killer instinct to be, like, a great quarterback in him. But he could be a, a decent quarterback in the NFL. And I also could see him – I don't know if he'd come back another year. I think Bryce Young will push him out the door. But I think at two tens where I would take a chance with Mac Jones because – I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm not sold on him for some reason, despite the crazy numbers and something off. I don't, I don't know. For, for me, he, he throws a really great deep ball. So, I mean, you've got to give him credit there. Part of it is, you know, I'm kind of sitting here and um, is, is he a great quarterback or is the offense that he in that he's in causing him to excel? I mean, he's got three amazing wide receivers or had three between Gerontae or, uh, between uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and even John Mechie stepping out a little bit. So, I mean, he's got the wide receivers. He's got the running game. He doesn't move around in the pocket all that well, but he's he's just he's executing the offense, and he throws a great deep ball. So it's he's one of those guys that I've had a hard time reading. I was between him and Hubbard between my picks, so I think you're right value-wise of where he should go, but he, he's a tough read for me. Yeah, he's somebody the other day, um, I think it was Matt Hicks tweeted out, who – feels like a first-round pick, but isn't um, from an NFL standpoint. And a lot of people were saying Mac Jones. A lot of people were saying Hal Trask. But, yeah, Mac Jones is one of those guys. I think he comes back next year. And I think you kind of get a whole two-a-Jalen Hurts kind of thing going on where Nick Saban realizes he has the talent in Young, but he respects the veteran leadership and the senior status that Mac Jones would bring. So um, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. All right, Andy, you're up. There's no other quarterbacks here at this point because, I mean, after Mac Jones, I mean, really after Wilson, Trask, and the big four, you have a massive drop-off. But um, I'm going to showcase a name that – because I'm not going to have another pick probably – a name that I really like, a guy who I think could be a top-five receiver in this class and somebody that I'm really going to go out on a limb here with, Austin Watkins out of UAV. I absolutely love his game. I love how he plays the ball in the air. I love how he his route running ability. I love that he's performing on a team like UAB that's really run focused with somebody like Spencer Brown in their backfield. Um, he got a senior bowl invite, Dwight. You know my senior bowl guys, and uh, he's one of those guys where and I said it all the time before. It's the one on ones at the senior bowl make and break careers. Van Jefferson got his draft stock and then improved immensely from doing the senior bowl. 
But Austin Watkins is a guy that I think can do really, really well. He has the size. Uh, he has the playmaking ability. And like I said, performing on a team like UAB, um, you got to be sure to scout the player, not the helper. I like it. A little deeper guy. I haven't got to watch much of him yet. So. Yeah, I figured at this point we'll throw a name in. Yeah, who do you got at 212, Matt? You got lots of lots of good choices, man. Yeah. Uh, I, well, we get all of what's on the board. Yeah. Uh, we, we knew this class was deep, but. I mean, when you're sitting here looking at the names that are still available, I mean, you're going especially the wide receivers. I'm, yeah, you're oof. going middle of the third to end of the third, just deep with guys. I mean, I could go Tylen Wallace here. I could go Alvin Ross, St. Brown, but I think where I'm really leaning here is Oregon State's Jamar Jefferson. He's somebody that's been kind of forgotten about this se- or last season because of an injury. He didn't play last season, but he's coming back, and he's had over 100 yards in both of his games. He's up to three total touchdowns. He's somebody that is going to be rising up boards here pretty quickly once guys start remembering just how good this kid is. And I think in a weak running back class, you've got to take advantage of somebody that could come in and be this type of workhorse back. And I think that's what Jamar Jefferson can be. So Jamar Jefferson, 212. Yeah, really good week one, I saw. Three touchdowns over yeah. 100 yards. So. You guys want to do a lightning one or no? Let's do it, Matt. All right. All right, real quick recap on two. We got Gainwell, Zamir White, Terrace Marshall, Fryermuth, Rondale Moore, Javante Williams, Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony, Hubbard, Mac Jones, Austin Watkins, and Jamar Jefferson. We're going to go real quick through a third round just because some of these names on the board are stupid. So I'm going to start off the third round with Brevin Jordan from Miami. Just a tremendously uh, talented pass-catching tight end. That will, I mean, as long as you get a team that knows how to use that type of wide receiver, and he plays like a wide receiver. He plays like a wide receiver. And as long as you got a team that will accent what he can do, I think he will be incredibly dangerous in the NFL. So I will gladly take Brevin Jordan there. I don't think he'll make it to the third round of many rookie drafts. So, Andrew? Yeah, give me a guy that I was thinking about taking the last one because I didn't know if we were going to do a third here. So give me Chris Olave, who's done – he has a lot of people's crushes here in this whole receivers class. And this, and there's more guys I'm looking at here that I would take and I have no issue with. But, yeah, just for the sake of getting another big name out here, that just show how deep this class is. <laughs> give me Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Matt, who you got, yeah. man? 303. For this next one, give me Tyler Wallace. Uh Oklahoma State wide receiver, Blinton call finalist. I think did he win the award or was it somebody else I'm thinking of? Last year was Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase. the year yeah. be- the year before. I think he got it the year before. Yeah. So Blinton call award winner. I mean, he's excelling this year, Tyler Wallace. All right, 304, I'll take Kylan Hill, Mississippi State. Um, I thought this year he really needed to show some pass catching. He did in one game. I wish we would have loved to see some more. I love his versatility inside, outside. Very decisive runner, tough. So he showed a little bit of that pass catching, and I think if he puts that together, he could be a three-down back in the NFL. So, Andrew, back to you, bud. Give me – I'm going to go with another receiver here. I'm going to go with – I'm debating between two receivers on the same team. Uh, Give me, for the sake of speed, uh, give me Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn. Uh, Dude's an absolute track star. Doesn't have a lot of scoring ability, but I blame Bo for that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he has a teammate who's been getting the touchdowns who I, I think should be picked in this round as well. But, yeah, give me Anthony Schwartz. Great slot guy. Um, tremendous speed, like I said. Take to the house anytime he touches the ball. Yeah, I think we could go, like, six wide receivers here, and it would not be enough. So, no. <laughs> Matt, who you got, bud? Yeah, give me his teammate, Seth Williams. Big play 
big play potential uh, can go up. I mean, he's he's the better better the contested catch guys. He yeah. go up, go goes up and gets the ball. I mean, you have tons of receivers here that you can take. <laughs> it's it's stacked. <laughs> yeah, both of those guys suffered from the Bo Nix pooped him. Uh, no, I'm here here at a three oh seven. I will take Sage Surratt. Fortunately, we didn't get to see him this year, but I liked a lot of what we saw about him in the last couple of years. Good release off the line, uh, creates a lot of separation within the routes. Just uh, like a good, complete wide receiver, not very flashy, just a solid, really good wide receiver. So I, I love Sage Surratt, and I would gladly take him here. Andrew, you got, bud? Just to add to your pick, I, one of the yeah. evaluations I'm done with is Jamie Newman, and he has a day three grade for me. And every time I watched him, I was like, my God, if he did not have Sage Sherratt, he would not get drafted. Because Sage Sherratt literally bailed him out all the time. Another pick here that we've seen two of his brothers in the past. Um, (laughs) Amon Ross St. Brown here out of USC. USC has been producing the receivers lately. You had Michael Pittman. I actually just watched the Utah game from last year the other day. And I forgot how good Michael Pittman was in college. And Amon Ra that game, and Tyler Vaughn's also flashed. Um, but just for the sake of it here, give me Amon Ra St. Brown. I'm interested to see the Pac-12 season develop, and hopefully Slavis gets his act together and gets St. Brown involved more. Matt? Uh, yeah, give me give me Oregon's C.J. Ferdell here. You know, the biggest thing with Ferdell is, was his consistency issues from last year. He was one of those guys that could come in and have 200 yards a game, and then come in for the next very next game and have 30 yards. So I really needed to see his consistency consistency pick up. And so far, the last two weeks, he's he's done that. He's looking like a consistent running back. So he's doing everything that I need him to do this year to, to prove that he deserves to be to, – to have his draft stock raised a little bit for me. I'll round out mine by 310 with Javian Hawkins from Louisville, who we talked about before, did declare to join the draft. Like uh, Andrew pointed it out before, he's got a lot of big plays that kind of skew his numbers a little bit. But those big plays, I mean, he's just incredibly, incredibly explosive. We've got that long speed. like to see a little bit more pass catching. He's a little bit smaller guy, but I think somebody could use him as a weapon. Uh, he's just he's just a dangerous, dangerous guy who will probably not be a three-down back, obviously. But, you know, get, get some team that will be creative using him, and JV and Hawkins could do some damage in the NFL. So, Andrew, who you got, bud? 211. I'm 3-11, sorry. I want to go with a receiver crutch of mine that I absolutely loved coming into the year. And in Justin Ross's uh, unfortunate absence, he's really stepped up. And that's Amari Rogers out of Clemson. He's a senior, so he's another one of those guys that could be a senior bowl guy, and we can kind of see what happens. I've loved what I've seen from Amari Rogers this year. He's really taken the next step, taking advantage of T. Higgins being in the NFL and taking advantage of, like I said, Justin Ross's unfortunate injury. But yeah, give me Amari Rogers here at the end of the third. I'm ecstatic here. Matt, finish it out, man. So I'm going to close this out by going with a guy that's not getting a lot of credit because of the team that he plays for, and that's Buffalo's Jarrett Patterson. When you look at him, he, he's somebody that – he's a smaller guy, but he plays way bigger than his size. I mean, he, he brings he brings the hit to defenders. He plays with that, with that strength and power. He's just – he's one of those guys that's just fun to watch on film. And I think that come NFL draft time, if he, if he puts together – uh, an explosive combine workout like I think he should. He's somebody that you might not even be able to get in the third round. He could be a high, an end of the second higher third round, not not later third round guy. Matt Miller has him in his top ten. Dwight, we've talked about Matt's rankings. He has him in his top ten running backs already. So 
You're not the only one taking notice there, Matt Jackson. <laughs> no. If I'm agreeing with Matt Miller, I'm doing something right. <laughs> that depends. That's crazy because, <laughs> I mean, we've went three rounds. We haven't gotten to, like, Dami Brown, who I love. You know, Nico yeah. Collins didn't play this year. Demonte Coxie. You know, you got your running backs that could possibly, you know, like your Khalil Herbert that's been great this year. You know, like obviously Derek King's probably going to shine somebody's little tingly balls or something and get into some round. But, you know, there's just so, so many names out there. Brock Purdy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> there, that's so a deep, Brock, deep threat. <laughs> Brock Purdy is what I've been calling him. <laughs> He was my quarterback six going into the season. He's now my quarterback 36. Anyways, uh, yeah. love you, Brock. If you're listening, sorry. Um, anyways, all right, guys, that was good. I, I like that we went a little bit deeper on that. So all right, I'll let you guys wrap it up. I know, Matt, you got to get going. So, Matt, tell everybody what you, where they can find your work, what you're working on right now. So you guys can find me on Twitter, DHH underscore Matt. I also do the Debbie Happy Hour Pod with Skip Newton and Shaq whenever he's available. Uh, my Dynasty ranks, or Debbie ranks, are up on um, Dynasty Nerds. And I'm currently working on a um, Javante Williams uh, spotlight breakdown on an article on Dynasty Nerds. So look out for that in the upcoming future. Nice. Make sure you forward it to Andrew. So, Andrew, tell him, um, what are you working on now right now, bud? I'm doing some stock checks right now on every Power Five conference and on. Um, that's gonna be my way of like we're doing with this mock, getting some names out there for you to think about. Some not big names, some big names, like I said. And you can find that at the, the Fantasy Authority. And you can find me on Twitter at Mandrew underscore FF. And then I've also got the YouTube channel that's just my name, uh, Andrew Harbaugh, on there. So if you want to subscribe to that, I'd greatly appreciate it. I have a pretty good editor for my videos, so they usually turn out pretty well. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. You can find me on Twitter at FF People's Champ, uh, working at the Dynasty Nerds now, just doing film cutups, kind of laying low on some stuff for now, um, just kind of behind the scenes type stuff. Got the Debbie Manual YouTube channel where I'm doing prospect cutups as well. So check that out. Subscribe it if you feel likely. If you feel like it, I'm up to 35. I, I'm starting to feel big time. I starting to kind of puff my chest up when I walk around the house. I'm like, I got 35 subscribers, baby. 35 people care about me, woman. Can't break me down, woman. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I care about you. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. All right, guys. And you can find this podcast at Debbie Manual, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks, guys.